All right. Hey, y'all. It is grab your wallet time. Uh, we've been having fun doing this show. We love you guys for supporting us. Those of you that don't support us, patreon.com is where you go give us the money to get us to these people or beers to these people so we can interview them. And John's got some t-shirts. So that's on stealthisbeer.com slash merch. Check that out. Either way, thanks for playing along. Can't believe we get away with this every week, Monday at five. about beer over beer by a couple of guys that think about beer way too much. All right. Hey, y'all. It is Monday, five o'clock. I hear beers opening, which must mean we're stealing beer. What's up, John Hall? Hey, Skippy. How are you? Oh, you know me. I've had I've had a delightful week, to be honest with you. I made three yeah. completely different, unique, and weird beers. As you know, I, I like to not weird necessarily weird, but weird from each other. I, I did a you made classic, them or you released them. Uh released one we might have made this week. Have you ever do you are you aware of Quebec East? Have you ever covered it? Yeah, I've uh, I've, I've I've heard of it. Yeah, it's sort of this a, is my first real. This was my first real Quebec fuckery at a high ABV grade. It was a, yeah. it was a collaboration with our French Strum Diddy. Oh yeah. But you you say to yourself, they can't be telling the truth. It can't possibly digest all that sugar from thirteen, you know, to thirteen percent in four days, and then it does it in two. It's 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 voracious, John. It's like you and information. It just devours it. That's it. It's unbelievable. You sound and, good. You sound you sound alert. You sound awake. I'm proud of you. Thanks for thanks for showing up today. All right, buddy. All right. Speaking of which, I'm gonna drink a little coffee while we introduce. Well, first we got no Kennedy yet, but he might come later. Say what's up, <clears throat> Cass, in the Kennedy role. Yo. Yo. You had one job. All right. That's all you had to do was say yo. Anyway, which leads me to introduce Lars. I hope I say it right. Dollhouse? <laughs> Dollhouse. Yeah, that's close. Yeah. Dollhouse. Good. Nice. Oh, that's close, he, he says. <laughs> wow. How would you say it? Dollhouse. You know what's funny it is I tried like to hit... exactly like what Augie said. No, no, no. There's a difference <laughs> there. I tried to, I worked so hard to hit the S appropriately Germanic that I missed hitting the H. And he hit, did you hear how I said mm-hmm. Dollhouse? And he said Dollhouse. So now yeah. I know. There you go. Lessons every day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, all right. So you're here for a million reasons, but the most important that I can tell is, and this is me fooling around a little, but you import Thomas Hardy's ale. <laughs> well, I used to. Yes. Okay. So Kennedy I, lied to us. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I, I was involved bringing the brand back um, about 2016, 17, 18, and um, relaunch it with a new owner of the brand who's an Italian beer wholesaler. Those were good years. Very good years, yeah. The beer was still made at Meantime Brewery in London. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, Mm -hmm. I think we did pretty well with it um we we that was after mm-hmm. meantime was bought by 
Which was what, like Miller Coors yes. at the time? Correct, correct. It, um, technically, I got involved after that, but the oh boy, um, we haven't. The, oh, the contract was was done before. Yeah, got you. Um, we um, it's uh, it's funny. That's a. I mean, I'm kind of aware of the stuff, but somebody brought one onto the show at some point. Hmm. Um. And so the gig of the show, which you'll learn as we play, is John and I drink blind out of opaque glasses so we don't know we had. And it put me so over the moon. I might have become your biggest customer for about a year <laughs> and a half because I went from, I kind of heard of this to, oh, wow, I fucking love this too. How do I buy as much Thomas Hardy's as possible? And then to, you've got to stop buying Thomas Hardy's. You can't mm -hmm. drink this level alcohol over this next. Like, no. it's it's... But it does end a lot of nights around here, so thanks for that. All right, but that oh, was welcome. that was just an aside I wanted to pay attention mm -hmm. to because we're going to get lost in in German, and I don't <laughs> want to I don't want to ignore the British for it. But so thieves, you'll know Lars's voice because Lars is the guy that played the me and John role on the, uh, you know, the the German April Fools version of our show. So thank you That's for watching. Right. Yeah. That was a that lot. That was of great. Fun. Oh, you're welcome. That was fun. Yeah, that that could have gone on forever. Yeah, talk. Well, he's a uh, he's a fun guy to talk to. He's a uh, he's a really cool cat. Um. Anyway, let me ask you. Let me ask you. So, one of the questions I want to have. So, so we brought you out because we want to say thanks and have some fun and talk about importing and all that stuff, which is all mm -hmm. part of the business. But Kennedy did send me this list of stuff you've been involved in, and on it is the Rothaus pills. Yeah. Which showed up on the show again. Wasn't aware of it. Came on, and it made like three or four appearances mm -hmm. over the last three years. <laughs> and I, of course, got to know it as the one with the 8-bit label. So first, as it's important, I'm sure you have some kind of insight into how that label became that label and is. Is there an awesome story about it, or is it just that's what somebody drew on an Atari back in 1974? No, no, no. This, this is... Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's a very historic label. It really dates back well over 100 years and uh, the woman on the, on the, on the label is actually, she has a name. Her name is Birgit. And Birgit is um, basically saying the, the woman who brings you beer, right? Mm. So mm -hmm. that's, that's, the, that's the name of the woman on the label. Now, and in German, a, could that be a little girl's name? Like, could I name my yeah. daughter Birgit? Absolutely. Uh, it's I've not hip right now, but it was hip in the 50s, 60s. John, yeah. that's a tremendous missed opportunity on you and Hannah's part. Well, I mean, that's why nicknames exist. That's, well, yeah. yeah. Well, let her get till she's like Alex from Stroh's age, like seven or eight before you make her become the beater gets for the house. The, the mm -hmm. poor kid this morning, by the way, uh, we were packing lunch for her to, to, to go out and we were putting a can of soup uh, in, in her bag and she's looking at the can and she's kind of staring at it. And she goes, oh, it's like beer. Like, yes. Yes, it exactly is. Exactly like yes. beer, young Also Hannah. comes in cans. <laughs> Precisely. Um, so well, let's Lars, talk about Pilsner and bottles. Yeah. Well, let, first yeah. I want to first first I want to talk about. Um, well, I guess we got that. But so you're saying that art is old. It's not because to me it feels like it's mm -hmm. either created and frozen in a slice of like the late seventies, early eighties, or mm -hmm. made to look that way. And you're saying it's just super super old, and that's how the label works. Um, yeah, there, there have been changes when you when you see the iteration of the last 60, 8, 70 years even. Um, it, it, you see the consistency, but you see the, the, the tweaks. When we started, when I started importing it with St. Killian at the times, 
um, we made small changes with the brewery that you would hardly notice, but it, it's definitely cleaned up a little bit. Um, oh. But, you know, it's a government-owned brewery. Times take a lot slower in that sense. <laughs> and, and they're not very open to change. I don't yeah. think I realized that it was going on. That's that, that would, it's, mm-hmm. first of all, I love the beer. It's, it's, yeah, it's amazing. not only did, not only did we love every time it showed up on the show, but when good Pilsners showed up on the show after, I would say, mm-hmm. is this, that one. So it became, yeah. it became a benchmark for us. Talk to us about yeah. your role in the importers. Cause it sounds like for each of these things we've touched on, you've said, I imported that with mm-hmm. so-and-so. So mm-hmm. what's, what's yeah. your role versus in within around the importers what are you are you like this side or are you that side or are you carrying mm-hmm. it on a boat well I, I i'll give you a quick synopsis of what i've been mm. up to since since i got into the beer business in 2003 i started um importing my hometown beer in germany where i went to school in the city of schwelm close to dusseldorf and cologne and um, just because I wanted, I missed my beer and started my own beer import company for a couple of years, started importing some other beers from Bavaria and from all over the place. And, you know, hit a little bit of a tough spell, 2008, 2009, economy went down and the brewery went bankrupt in Schwelm in, in our hometown. So long story short, I, uh, a year or two later, signed up with St. Killian. Um, okay. who was, you know, one of the largest beer importers and became their um, craft import specialist. And as such, was tasked to bring over, you know, Jerry Sheehan on day one said, go over and get Roadhouse into this country. And, <laughs> and it took me, took me three, three years and change and we got it over. Um, and did the same with Andex and launched Krabby's in the U.S. for, for St. Killian, which was a huge success here. And then went out on my own, started a consulting business and helped other breweries come to the U.S. in different ways, like uh, for Thomas Hardy and the Italian brand Beer Antoniana. We helped them find, find importers or, or find distributors first and then ultimately find an importer for them to, to, to work with, which worked on the uh, beer on Tonyana's side didn't work out on the Thomas Hardy side for long reasons. And um, yeah, the last two years and change been working uh, at Baldor, launching their beer wholesale division, which oh. is now morphing into a, um, a beer retail division. So I'm curating that. And, yeah. All right. So yeah, I want to come back curious. to Baldor. Uh, mm-hmm. John, you, you'll earmark this, remember it. Because what I know of Baldor, I, I see them in my head, and there's no reason for me to assume this, but I always kind of see them delivering to restaurants in Manhattan like they're a Cisco kind of thing. So let's get mm-hmm. into what they're doing for beer mm-hmm. and how that's becoming retail. But first, I want to step back to your role in the importing because it's interesting mm-hmm. because I don't think we... I think there's clearly a difference in this for importing versus distributing. And I think mm-hmm. that's where the, that's where the interest lies. Cause we never mm-hmm. end up with somebody like you here. But so, so as mm-hmm. you explain it, it sounds to me kind of as what I would call from other businesses I've been in, you're the client guy, right? There's the, mm-hmm. there's the guy with the business who says, go make this guy love us and do business with us. And they send mm-hmm. you in that kind of role. Yeah. Now, usually I picture that as a bunch of drunken 
it's funny how beer guys doing business always end up on whiskey. Uh-huh. But, you know, I, I imagine that as like, you know, a lot of 3 a.m.s with a turnaround to a 10 a.m. meeting. There's a lot of whiskey. Now, now what I want to hear is how that goes when the target client of your wooing is mm-hmm. a government brewery in Germany. Like, are they allowed? Are they worse? Are they the guys that start their meetings at 10 a.m. with the beers? Like, what's it like to go woo a german national brewery yeah um, <laughs> that's that's it's a very very long story it takes a lot of persistence <laughs> uh takes takes a lot of calls a lot of visits a lot of flying over there and, and and presenting a business case to to them and really just telling them that we treat their beers the way they wanted to be treated Right, uh, yep. from from all aspects of uh, of importing and selling, ultimately, like you know, cold chain has to be maintained. We we want to pick up in reefer containers. We're not gonna put it in a straight container. We're gonna warehouse it in the right temperature over here, and we're gonna make sure every wholesale and every retailer is putting it in their fridges as well. Right, it really goes very deep. And how do you describe that to those suppliers and make them feel good about that? Because right. Beer is their passion. Uh, uh, starts from you know whoever works in the brewery and, and Rothaus in particular prides itself on on extremely high quality and um, you know not only aroma hops and you know no extract, no pallets used, and always the newest equipment and, and extremely high standards. So you know we had to we had to show that we have the same high standards over here, and that what that's what ultimately persuaded them. Then. Then the whole government aspect is, you know, uh, contracts. If you make a con- an import contract with a with a with a government entity, it's a whole different level. So it takes a lot of lawyers. It takes a lot of people to read through, and you know, assurances, and you know, you name it, and yeah. lots of lots of trips back and forth. But yes, there's there's drinking involved as well. There's, I imagine. Um, I, see, I want the government workers to be that passionate crew. Of- <laughs> Great cubicle guys that are like, well, I guess we got to go talk to the importer again. See yeah, you guys yeah. later, and and then they miss four, hours, four 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 weeks of work, and <laughs> yeah, no, they're all over the world. There's there's a lot of good stories there. Also, importing Andex was uh, because it's a monastery brewery was equally challenging because you you're dealing with <clears throat> one of the highest religious institutions in in Germany. Um, and, um, you know, those contracts, they were basically, basically the contract was, you know, before God, we decide, you know, Vatican approval. It it was, it was a contract that holds up the German government. So yeah. check out the second stuff. That's hilarious. All right, so mm-hmm. let's get to glass one, John Hall. I hear you tapping over there. And mm-hmm. then uh, as we come I out do. of it, I want to talk I about Baldor, the company, and then what they're sure. doing in craft. But first, mm-hmm. let's start. So what brings us together on Seal the Spear is a conversation of beer, what it's doing, not what we thought it would do, how much we're enjoying it, not how much we told you we enjoyed it on Untapped. Yeah. Um, but what's actually going on to facilitate that we drink blind out of black glass is Mr. Justin Kennedy, who is not here today, mailed us beers. Not as not as nicely wrapped as usual. It feels like you, this was a little slapdash, but I will mention this was rushed. This was rushed. I, I did get one target bag per beer. So clearly they had a party or something at the Kennedy house mm-hmm. last weekend. And sure. 
and it distracted from his, his recent super spreader Kennedy. His yeah. recent his recent post Hillary, you know, smoothing of the foils. I've got crumply foil again. Um, so <laughs> well, so I mean, Lars, you can, do you, you can have lodge a complaint beer? with his manager? Yeah, I do. Get you this beer? Okay, good. And yep. your it's foil wrapped, kind of slapdash like ours. Yep, it is foil wrapped. Right. That's my name on it. <laughs> and the number one. Perfect. Uh-huh. All right. Well, then let's. Wow. Uh, should you want to jump in first, Mister Hawley, or should I? Uh, I'm I'm digging this. This is oh. this is a really nice way to start off because it's one. It's not a lager. Um, I was going to say it's. I, I, you know, this would have been the time to slide in that roundhouse again. <laughs> it would it have been. It would have been smart, but like, yeah. But it, this is. I, I I'm really just enjoying this for its old school hop presentation, but it still tastes like super fresh and super clean. Like there is, you know. It, it tastes like a beer that like I would have enjoyed in like 2007 and been like, holy crap, like you can, you can, you know, see the hops like in your eyes as, as you're drinking this, um, but not be weighed down. Like this is, if this is somebody's version of a pale ale, that's really nice. If this is, you know, like sort of like a, I don't want to call it West coast because it, it doesn't have that like caramel malt thing going on with it. But like there's, I'm really just enjoying the hop vibrancy is ultimately what I keep coming back to. I am a hundred percent on board with you. I feel like there might be some, but, hun- yeah. no, no, no. I feel like there might be some honey malt or something in it. Cause on top of those hop things you're saying, which what, what I grabbed out of your sentence that speaks truest to me is it feels like it's what would now be considered old school, American hops, you know, what I mean, it feels like it's Centennial, Cascade, even um, you know, CTZ or or Apollo kind of thing, but really fresh. And then what I'm getting on it is there's kind of this, I want to say honey malt or some kind of sweeter malt. Not that the beer is sweet, but that the aromas are sweet and, and it brings out some lemoniness and those kind of citrusy hops that I'm smelling. And I love it okay. for, I, I like what you're saying, but when you said you would have liked this back in the day, I think I would have missed this back in the day because the body to me feels like like a Sam Adams summer wheat. You know what I mean? Like, like it feels to me like what, oh. I, was prom- what yeah. I was promised in all those kind of, mid 90s summer beers you know what i mean like it'll be light and easy to drink and aromatic and blah 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 blah. and then it was always a brown bottle that had kind of been light struck it wasn't great but at that point i wasn't into these hops so i think had somebody given me this then i'd be like that's awfully hoppy for a blonde or a yeah for a session you know what i mean yeah well i mean but you know what i mean i feel like i'm I feel like this is somebody's it's like Allagash without the yeast. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> no. Well, what Allagash tastes like is the yeast, but what it feels like yeah. is this. And it's, you know what I mean? It's like somebody swapped out the aromatics of Allagash's yeast for Lagunitas's hops. How's that for okay. a description? Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah. Um, but much like you said, for, so for those of you that aren't on the Jersey Shore, 
greater New York metropolitan area right now. It is fucking 64 and sunny. All the trees are bud break, but the leaves aren't in yet. It's a great day for this kind of drinking. Lars, you have the beer in your <laughs> yes. glass. What are you getting from this fine glass? Yeah, I'm getting I'm getting pale ale, low ABV, nice hops. Hops are hitting me on the back of my tongue more than anything. So, um, yeah, a, a nice light hop. But I, I would I would say it's a pale ale with no more than four and a half percent alcohol. Yeah. Ooh, I, I think this very is going to be sneaky. This, very easy to drink. This to me feels like it could be six and a half, seven. Like it's oh, it, there's yeah. if this what? is six and a half, seven, this beer goes on the no no list. <laughs> yeah, that would be way too easy. Because I, I, I don't know. I, I, I think I think the hop vibrancy might be hiding some of those like you know fusel alcohol kind of things. Like it's hmm. you know like, I think I, I think, think I think to, like, you're, I think you're high and he's low. Okay. Well, <laughs> this, I, is, I, this I, is I think I think huh. it's Sierra level alcohol, whatever that is. Huh. Okay, so that's like five and a half. Okay. All right. well, yeah. Is, all if, right, if, well, if this is if I, this I, is boat level alcohol, they got a lot of body into it. And if mm-hmm. it's O dub level alcohol, we're fucked. I How's that? like how we're now on the carton ABV scale for. Well, it's where my brain works, right? World. It's what I, I know. That's fun. Yeah. What are we drinking here? Oh, Not, where are I'll we drinking this? You drinking? Oh, where am I oh. drinking this? Outside right now. This this oh. can just got put aside for the minute we're done recording. Are we unwrapping it? You have lost knockout blonde. Huh. Fully wow, loaded with nice. Cascade and Centennial. Uh-huh. Right, I'll stand by what I said. I think we were all right. I think we were all right. I think it's so funny. A zippy punch is, of hop aroma. Is this a full-time beer from him, or is this for the summer? How fresh is it, Cass? You know my old eyes can't read that shit. I don't have the can. Justin didn't send uh, shit. I can at the end of March. March so 31. So super fresh. That's super pretty fresh. Pretty yeah. yeah. Can you mm-hmm. read that side that says our blonde? Our blonde ale that packs a zippy punch. Is that all it says? Not all right. It looks like a lot more words to me. So, yeah. Delightful. Good job, Shawnee Lawson. Nice work. That's uh, <laughs> Yeah. And it says 5% on it. So, definitely a drinking beer. This is mm-hmm. a one every 45 minute level drinker for me. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, now right. back to Baldor. Back to the great Baldor experiment. What is going on? So, first of all, am I right that Baldor is a restaurant supply business, or mm-hmm. are they just a specialty business I see outside restaurants I like? A little bit of both, I guess. Uh, but Baldor is one of the largest privately owned food distributors on the East Coast, right? Mm-hmm. With warehouses up in Boston, New York headquarter, uh, soon Philly and DC covering Portland, Maine, all the way to Virginia. Um, so it's a specialty food food distribution company that before the pandemic was really 75% uh, supplying mid to high-end restaurants. So it's not, wasn't really, um, you know, the UNFI and Head & House, those big trucks that you see delivering to your supermarkets, but it was more high-end or it's still more high-end. Um, delivering to to those better restaurants. Okay. And um, the idea when I joined was to launch a beer wholesale division inside of Baldor that takes advantage of all the 
places we already go to and offer smaller minimums and offer a nice nice selection of beers for them to add so they don't have to get another vendor another beer wholesaler to to deliver to them right um so we were doing we were doing quite well i would say we were hitting all our targets and then covid hit and um <laughs> most of the restaurants were no more yeah uh, at least for for a long time and in order for Baldo to survive, uh, they started. We started um, adding a direct-to-consumer division. So we we started selling our groceries and produce to um, to home consumers virtually overnight. Back in really mid late March of um, of twenty twenty, and um, that really took off. Some days we would ship a thousand orders uh, in in the metro area. So. Let me stop you for a second. Let me ask you a question. So Mm -hmm. I I imagine I, I, I kind of can't tell which way I want this answer to go, Hmm. but was there a huge reshuffling? Like I am. So when I think about her in my head, I'm like, okay, I'm a restaurant and I need a good, um, I don't know, risotto rice, or I need a good, I need a whole bunch of seps. You know what I mean? I'm thinking kind of that niche kind of luxury mm-hmm. but not really like i don't think i call you guys for foie gras but i call you for good rice good pasta good olive oil blah 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 but i also imagine i need to buy 50 pound bags were people 50 pound bags of arrows you people, know some kind of short grain or did you yeah. guys lower what needed to be bought because either way i'm happy with the answer yeah, I just yeah don't know. a little, little <laughs> bit of both um i mean baldor has all of it i mean uh, they're known as a produce company first and foremost specialty but but everything is in their wheelhouse now from from meat uh, protein fish um uh, any type of grocery of course the oils and beverages that i manage now um but initially people started buying whatever we had so people would buy a 50 kilo bag of of uh of flour that's amazing <laughs> and potatoes and, 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 and now i understand why the whole fucking world was making sourdough last march yes everybody exactly. had 50 pound bags of flour <laughs> in their fucking house exactly <laughs> that sourdough thing never made sense to me till just now <laughs> yeah yeah exactly i tried it i tried it for me. but um yeah and then more and more we started bringing in um more like home-sized versions of, of things, right? Okay. Uh, single packs of, of salad instead of 20 pounds of salad. Okay. And um, <laughs> yeah, so you know, we, realized, we realized at some point uh, last year that we can, we can probably sell a lot more beer to those people directly at their homes versus to, um, you know, to restaurants and bars that were shut anyways. And our competitors in that space were, you know, much bigger, much longer established. And I don't know if you realized, but New York State changed the law that you didn't have to hold minimum pricing in place for um, for a certain amount of time. You could Got basically you. change change the price from one day to the other. So they could they could sell their hundred and fifty dollar kegs that they had overstock for fifty. You know, and then go to the same restaurant again and sell the next one for 150, which they couldn't do. They had to hold the price for for six months before the pandemic, and now they they were able to do that. So they could they could beat our pricing any day, and um, 
they lowered their minimums and, and so it was very hard to compete in that space yeah yeah right but so talk to me about now so in this now let's isolate back out to craft beer direct to consumer through Baldor. now that everybody has nice giant stacks of 50 pound bags of grain to mm -hmm. keep their beer on you know a new table of flour sacks what's so you mentioned a bunch of what would be the mid-atlantic states if you know if we were discussing grand scheme as far as i understand you would need like if i wanted to sell you carton beer mm -hmm. at baldor in new jersey i could do it in new york i'd have to do it through a distributor in massachusetts you said boston i would absolutely have to do it through a distributor mm -hmm. how did that like, do you have different brands in different states? Can you streamline that? How did that yeah, work out? Because there's all kinds of rules on that. Right. In, in, or the heavy so we've, size. We, we've <laughs> the heavy size that we can only do this in New York, right? It's gotcha. Right now, this um, only, only, only doable in New York. And about 60% plus of our business is in New York State. So, you know, we, we start with that. Ultimately, we could get a, a retail license in New Jersey. We could get one in Connecticut. We might be able to get one in Boston. So that's all, all down the road. But gotcha. for now, it's New York. Yeah. Understood. That makes sense. I was like, because if you're the guy spearheading this project, mm -hmm. I imagine your days of, you know, proper drunken boondoggles over in Germany with government things ended and you ended up just in government offices waiting for somebody to realize that they were open and be like, no, 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 you can't do that in the state. Thanks for coming. See you later. Um, <laughs> all right, let's move on to beer two, Mr. Hall. All right. You start because I haven't poured it yet. Mm, me neither. Well, this is... Ooh. I don't know what Kennedy's trying to do to us. Is he, is, is he sabotaging another yeah. brewery by putting a dark lager before a Belgian triple? Possibly. This smells like, um, you know what it smells like to me? Is uh, ice cream cones. Hazelnuts. Yeah. That's Does that it. not it's make hazelnut. sense? That's, ex that's exactly what it is. It's hazelnut. Yeah. Let me yeah, get in there again. That's, uh... Yep. <laughs> yeah, 100%. That well is, done. I, 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 kept, I kept going to coffee, but not coffee, and I couldn't in my mind. And now it's like, oh, yeah, I'm that yeah. guy at <laughs> Donuts again, getting the, the hazelnut syrup or you know whatever. Uh, this is... Yeah, yeah you this nailed is, it. This is a hazelnut... I'm now thinking of my years in the kitchen at Oto next to the station when she'd be making her Gianduja ice cream and thinking that's why I thought it was cones. It is fucking straight. What's that stuff people put mm -hmm. on that chocolatey hazelnut shit people put on their bread? Oh, Nutella. Oh, Nutella. Nutella. Yeah, it's straight fucking Nutella. <laughs> yeah, but I still get some um... vanilla in there. I still got the ice cream cone vanilla smell. I'm, yep. I'm trying to. I'm trying to find some nuance in this, like past really that dominant flavor. Yeah, I, I I love your tenacity. I think this thing wants to smell like fucking hazelnuts and vanilla, and it's gonna yeah, get no, mad I, at you if you ask. I, mean, it I know that's. I know that's all it is. This is. You know, <laughs> I mean, 
I'm gonna sip it now. This is like trying to find, it, you know, depth. If it opens seltzer, with a ro- yeah. if it opens with a robust robust malt bill that has subtleties of char and 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 tobacco, and I'll be my socks will be knocked off. But I think it's gonna taste like somebody put yeast in a thing of Nutella and waited a week. <laughs> yeah. This is yeah. Dunkin' Donuts had a flash sale, and uh, somebody yeah, stocked this, up on the It's very doughy. Very doughy. Yeah, it's not yeah, super. It's, it, it's not super thick though either, right? Mm-mm. Right. Like the mouth, that's what I'm trying like to figure the out. Smell, like what the smell I was expecting one of those. Yeah, that smell I was expecting like, like it, a a South Florida thick boy. And the body is super. <laughs> it's super, almost it's almost like Guinness. It's it's not quite Guinness thin. It's got a little bit more body to it, but not by much. I yep. think it's like porter bodied. I don't think it's stout bodied at all. Right? Like, okay. Do you, I don't get much roast. No, no, no. I'm not a, talking nitro. I'm not talking like. No, 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 no. I'm, ta- I'm talking like, about. Yeah. I'm talking about. So the two things that make a porter a stout to me, because I've had thick ass porters. I live in New Jersey. Um, but do the you? things that make a stout a porter to me are chewiness and or roastiness. It's not very roasty, okay. and it's definitely not chewy. It's it drinks like a it drinks like somebody float. It's so Frangelica is the hazelnut liqueur. It feels like somebody mm. dropped a shot of Frangelica into like a founder stout or okay. a founder's porter. You know what I mean? Yep. You know it would be yeah. neat. You know it would be neat I, if somebody I, said I, they I aged like a porter in Frangelica yeah. barrels. It's like, is that this such is French. a thing? Are, are those no, a thing? it's that. No, it's it's a liqueur. It's not a barrel aged thing. But so what you should do though is go buy a bunch of Frangelico, put it in a fresh barrel, let it sit for a year, empty. You're it. why you're why my brewery doesn't make any money. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm one of the reasons, but yeah, <laughs> there, there's no more expensive way to come up with this flavor than what you just suggested, <laughs> and now I'm trying to figure out how to do. <laughs> Like, can you can you get a double handle of Frangelico? Why would anybody ask that argument? Just find out the answer. Yeah, <laughs> it only comes in mini bottles. Great, well, go get the pickup truck. Somebody yeah. go up to Nork. <laughs> what's the what's the heist? What's the heist in Goodfellas? The Wait, I, that was the left hands a heist. No, the left hands a heist. Yeah. Somebody go do the left hands uh, a heist, but leave all the money. I just want the Frangelica Newark bottles. Airport, yeah. <laughs> I just want That's, the Frangelica um, bottles. Yeah, that was Kennedy Airport. Um, no, it was LaGuardia. Wasn't it LaGuardia? Oh, in the movie, but in the... Oh, like, in real life. In real life, it happened. I want to say Kennedy a couple years ago. Okay. okay. If only we had... It doesn't go there. If only we had... If only we had Kennedy to tell us. Um, uh hey Cass, what are what well so we're all well, wait where are we drinking it? Oh, yeah, where, are you, where are you guys partying? I'm, I'm drinking this with coffee cake at somebody's christening. Like if one of my beer friends had uh I'm opening it by the way, so I now know what I'm looking at. Um if one of our beer friends had a you know a, a baby christening, I'd bring this to go with the coffee cake at 10 a.m. Okay. Brilliant. You want to know? Even though you already oh come on the shit off. Mass Landing Milk Stout, Gunner's Daughter, a beautifully aromatic and balanced yeah. milk stout, with delicious notes of peanut butter, coffee. I'm still trying to read it. Chocolate. I was I was gonna say it's not too high ABV. Yeah. 
Yeah, five five. There's no butter. hazelnut. They're not talking about hazelnut in this. They're they're calling it a peanut butter and coffee milk stout. We got yeah. the nuts wrong. Without using either nut free, it says nut free and contains. So, so they've literally added flavoring, natural f- flavors. Yeah, so they've added they they lit- you know that syrup you were talking about, John, from the coffee Cass, shop. So you there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, here, Cass. Yo, Cass, your, your audio is terrible. Maybe mm-hmm. it's you, John Hall. This is like your seventh complaint. Um, I yeah. hear Cass just fine. Cass is saying that it's nut free and that it's natural flavors, which means they did buy like the syrups you were talking about and add it to. It. Okay. Right? They, they, what's the, you know, those pumps at Starbucks? Give me three pumps of peanut. Yeah. This is three pumps of peanut. Hmm. Okay. What's Mass Landing? I don't know them. They're up in Maine. Okay. Do you, do you can these, uh, these, these? Unfortunately, unfortunately, I do not. Oh, come on, Mass Landing. They have nice beers, though. I believe you gave me a Kolsch from them a couple weeks ago, uh, Hall. Fantastic beers. Oh, kind of sure. jealous I'm not drinking this one with you. Well, it's interesting. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely man. cool. What's the ABV on it, Lars? I think you said five, five. it's five and a half. Uh, nothing yeah, wrong with that. Pretty low, relatively. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Um, if you like flavored beers, we, we, we've talked about this on the show a ton. Sam Calagione talking about the, uh, the difference in generations where, you know, this younger generation thinks of beers in terms of what flavor is in it instead of what style is it. Yeah. It is definitely a flavor beer, not a style beer. Um, and that's definitely cool. All right. So Lars, Let's yeah. get back to how, so if you live in New York, which none of the people on the show do, Kennedy usually would be our New Yorker. But if he wanted to get online for Baldor, get uh-huh. himself five kilos of caviar, two truffles, and an 80-pound sack of double oaf flour, <laughs> and a four-pack of Rothaus. He does that through a website, an app, a phone call. How's that work? Uh, website is probably the best or an app as well, but baldofood.com and sign up as a new customer, browse, put everything in your basket, check out. And it's mm-hmm. uh, as long as he orders until 11 o'clock at night, he'll get, he'll get it the next day. That's amazing. Now next. And I think final question, cause we're running out of time, sadly, mm-hmm. but in your episode of steal this beer, steal this beer in German, where you were the host, yeah. What what genius things did you pull out of our friend that we didn't? How did that conversation go? Was it fun? Did, like, tell <laughs> us about tell us about doing the German act and how would how, did you have to explain to him what the hell he was doing and why he was doing a joke German show or did Kennedy try <laughs> no, to? No, it, it actually, you know, in retrospective, when I listened to it and uh, you know, so it was going on for eight minutes. I thought we were going to cut us off after two or three. So <laughs> we, we, we were just casually talking and we got into COVID and we got into what Germany is doing and we got about you know, people sitting outside and drinking beer in the US now. And um, classic I was like, Kennedy producing. Yeah. And, yeah. And, you know, I told them when it was going to be in Germany. And I was like, <laughs> if, some, if anybody really understands what we're saying is, they know exactly where I'm going to be. <laughs> it was right, they have funny. your social security number and credit card numbers at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty uh, much. If it helps, but, uh, Eddie, I'm trying to get my butt over to Germany in late August, early September. So maybe oh, we see, can hook up and drink some I mean, smoked beers. 
I already said I will be. So it's at the end right of on. August. So I'll, I'll be there, and I'd, I'd love to take you to Bamberg, and we should have a, a, a beer schwenkler. That's be amazing. Uh, that is one of the Ooh. ultimate ambitions of this trip. So maybe we put that together, and, and mm-hmm. maybe you and I can co-host a German show without Hall because the people love that. Um, <laughs> Hall, does it make hurtful. you nervous? Did you hear in his words what I heard that the show was probably far better and informative the time we weren't there yeah. and it was in German? Does that bother you? Or are you okay with it? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Hey, Cass, did he no, send I've us come, a letter? I've just come to accept it. We do. We do have a letter. We have a letter. All right. So, Lars, this is the part of the show where after begging people to write into us so we can talk about what's interesting to them in beer, we then immediately make fun of all their ideas. So be yeah. ready for that. Uh, read us so, a letter, Cass. Well, it's actually a, a two twofer, one for you twofer. and one for Hall. Okay, we'll, I'll we'll handle st- halls. All right, well, this one's for Augie. What noticeable impact have you seen your beers make on your faithful cart nights, and what influence have they had on your choices for beers in the brewery? Wow. Um. I don't know. For I think we've talked about this on the show before, but for me, it's always weird. The, the, I don't know how to connect to what people connect with, with with each beer, right? Each beer has a weird kind of genesis for me. Like, you know, I know why I want to make each beer and what I think will be interesting in the making it. And then, you know, you put it out there and you guys know I'm hyper aware of and attentive to untapped and all that to see what the people are saying. But, you know, there's no right or wrong, but it's always funny for me when I intend something to do one thing and it completely hits somebody in a different way. I'm always like, huh, never saw that coming. And, And I don't think through that as much as I should. What I will say is different is since COVID, Um, you know, I always took for granted that if we were doing all the things that made us happy day to day, we'd be making a lot of people happy because we're a different group of people with almost attention deficit disorder palettes where, you know, one day I want a hazy, one day I want a dessert stout, one day I want a Pilsner. And if I'm making everything that makes me happy, since luckily beer is good for more than one day, we'll have everybody covered. Um, but there were things that I just took for granted, right? Like, oh, we make that. These guys like it. Let's make sure those guys have that. We make this. These guys like it. Let's make sure they have it. And it was really being stuck in the house with no interactions and feedback. It became, let's just make this. Let's just make it better than anybody's making it. Let's just make sure it's perfect. And let's just hope that that group of people find their way to us in this stupid world. And that connected us much more with making sure we're making, what did he call them? Carton nights? Making Cart- sure we're yep. making carton nights happy. Um, you know, making carton nights happy instead of just assuming a thousand people walk through the door every week. Um, it's weird though. Like we do a lot of different stuff. I don't think there's but like eight people that like everything we do. So you kind of got to, when you're going to, you know, when you're going to like this week, right? So we did the Roush beer. We did the, the deconstructed blunt Roush beer. We did a 
double Maybach and we did a, um, a super hazy Quebec East triple with Schrumpke. So I think we've got everybody that walks in covered between those three kinds of things, but you can almost confuse people with, but wait, what do you do? Do you do hazies? Do you do culinary? Do you do lagers? And we just try to say, you know, try them all. Tell us which one you like. I don't think we've impacted anybody as much as I'd hope. Fair. Fair. All right. And there's one for Hall. Okay. What do you think the landscape of beer is going to look like when your child is of legal drinking age? I mean, it's, it's going to be all hard seltzer. I mean, that's, there's no other way around it at this point. It's going to be barrel aged. It's going to be uh, sparkled. It's going to be, uh, you know, glitter, uh, pastry, pastry stout, Ooh, glitter, glitter seltzer. uh, hard seltzers. Yeah. Um, no, you know, I, I think there's going to be more choice, obviously. Um, non-alcoholic is going to be huge. Um, mm-hmm. you know, there's going to be all sorts of various, uh, uh, new styles that we can't even imagine exist. Um, you know, and, and throughout it all, the tenacity of the cockroach, uh, there's still going to be a lot of people drinking Bud Light. So. Mm-hmm. Sure. There it is. Sweet. Lovely. Lovely. All right. I'm definitely calling. Somebody's my... got to balance the other guy. I am calling my John Hall unapproved biography, The Tenacity of the Cockroach. (laughs) (laughs) The Cockroach cockroach is the spirit animal. I've been working on this John Hall unapproved biography for seven years now. It's not me. Uh, it's gonna be a to be a talk about you taking the piss out of Bud Light for your whole life. Don't it's not being mean. I'm just saying. I finally Excellent. got a title. Yeah, uh, we'll have Josh Noel back on the show, and he can <laughs> yeah, he can help you ghostwrite it. <laughs> All right, Lars, thanks Thank so much. Thank you guys. Filling us in on what it takes to get get niche little beers from over there to over here. Yes, I love it. Um, a lot of fun. Congratulations on an interesting adaptation through all this. I hope it keeps Absolutely. going cool, and I hope I hope you keep dropping off sweet ass beers. And maybe someday I'll get maybe someday I'll get my bag of flour and four pack of six point. Um, who knows? Amazing. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> All right, y'all. Awesome. I appreciate it. Uh, thank you, Lars. Thank you, John. Thank you, Cass. Thanks, guys. Kennedy, we miss you. All right, get out of us, y'all. We didn't Perfect. even do our shit yet. Hold on, man. We got to tell people where to go. You're jumping a gun. All right, All right, put that shit on. I'm sorry. It's 12:50. <laughs> we talked over. I didn't want to screw anybody up. Talk over. We got we got 10 minutes here, so you know I'm gonna do my shit. You mean before the next show? We're supposed to be done in 40 minutes. Uh, yeah, but do we shit. haven't started. Yeah, because that ever works out. All right. Oh, if you'd enough. like to write us letters, steal this beer podcast at gmail.com. Follow us on all social medias at steal this beer. See what we're drinking on Untapped at steal this beer, and order some shit from Baldor. Lars might handle yeah, it. Yeah, do that. Yeah, do that. <laughs> I might yeah, definitely do that as well. We got t-shirts and glasses. Guys, when do I get a t-shirt or a glass? Never. It's really fucking weird to me that I'm seeing them in my brewery and I don't have one. Okay, well, you know, <laughs> when I come down and visit, or you're always welcome to swing by, but we can't afford postage to you. No, that's true. That's true. You need to come down though. We got beers for you, man. We got some hall beers stacking up. All right, y'all. Anyway, now I'm going to say it. Get at us. Cheers. Cheers.